Welcome to Todd's World, the companion podcast for the sixth episode, Replacing the Corpse. Uh, Will is with me today. Hey there. Sunny, I don't know, somewhere on the east side of Michigan. Gary. Hi, y'all. Down in Florida. (laughs) Lauren in Allendale. How's it going, Laura? Good. You're back. We missed you last week. Yep. You feeling like healthy and well now? Yep. All right. Could have been our worst introductions ever. <laughs> Nothing flowed there, did it? You guys want to try it again? No. No. Okay. Well, let's go. All right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're, that's when I tell people that we're all experiencing this together, that's what I mean. <laughs> we're all experiencing this together. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, working. It's working. What'd you think of the uh the episode, guys? Who wants to give us their first impressions? We glad the corpse is replaced. Will, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna not talk first for the first time ever. Oh, I think you kick us off well. Are are we are we glad they replaced the corpse? Is that the first question? Yeah. Sure, we are. I, I mean, this unknown entity, um, you know, I, I don't think it could be worse. Everybody knew it was going to happen eventually, and it yeah. finally did. So mm-hmm. just as stated in the episode, to no one's surprise. <laughs> Absolutely true. Mm-hmm. You know, what's funny is uh, is that the, the people, other than obviously Trump and, and Trump's family got blown up at the beginning but other than that the the only uh real world people who are actually named in todd's world get off pretty easy (laughs) compared to everybody else well the real names yes they they just kind of are brushed off into the sunset put out to pasture which is good it helps us get into todd's world a little more deeply yeah well that was the goal i think yeah so I think that's good. Before we get too far into this episode, <laughs> I had several people that really loved last the last episode. Did you? Um, positive feedback all around. People that got really excited over the demise of certain folks and after that. So, Well, that was episode four. Episode right? five was Jake and... The building. Yeah. yeah. So they gave positive Eli, feedback. A lot of... Uh, well, we learned a lot about eli in that episode we did now we're back to some of the deep state and mostly the deep state a little bit of beth and gray in this episode so we start with i mean what'd you think of uh we, we did get a new character with um you know i changed wayne, names. so <laughs> we have wayne davis and carson oh. ford in the opening scene that's right. Old Puffy. Old Puffy's Wayne, right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> Old <He> just, Puffy. <laughs> um, you could really picture him, too. <laughs> he absolutely can. And it's the little things that I really enjoy. How he mm-hmm. um, blotted his lips or something with his round finger. I could just see his fat little finger on his face. It's stupid little things like that that I enjoy that are meaningless to the story, but they make me see them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, details that make the real. story. Yeah, I agree. So I like that round. You pick, of old you pick a few little details and it, and it makes the scene. Mm-hmm. 
because it gives people just a, just enough and then their imagination can take it from there and how what what was the other guy's name not davis carson uh, Ford. Carson. yeah how he had to wipe off the bottle before he drank after old puffy he didn't seem to want any of what old no puffy he didn't want any of that filthy old man near his mouth oh yeah. so todd there's a there's a line right in the very near the beginning end of the first uh first paragraph where it made me think of how there are books classics that have famous first lines like oh, yeah. 19 like 1984's opening line is famous and it's usually because they're intriguing or ominous or something. And you have one of these in here um, with the conversation. You said they were deep in discussion and the conversation they were having never officially happened. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I do, because it's one of those, you know, oh, here we go. This 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 is a glimpse into the whole behind the behind the scenes. This is way off the record. Yeah. And so I thought that was good little hook little ominous hook for us there's probably more of those discussions that never happened than we'd ever like to admit or realize right right well i'll tell you what one of my favorite lines so far in the entire story is the the last line of this episode which is uh i want to i don't want to screw it up because the last one of this one yeah and in all that came after Maria Cortez believed herself to be guided by that oath. If in the end she did terrible things, she reminded herself they were terrible times. I love that. I just love it. Damn. It's just another example how they justify everything that they do in their own minds. Mm -hmm. But it also gives you a foreshadowing of what we're heading into. Yeah, there was some more foreshadowing with um, she'd leave no stone unturned. But then she wouldn't well, be the only one <laughs> overturning stones. Yeah, correct. So I mean, it's it's going to be fierce on both sides. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because before that, it says that on that fall evening in the well of the Congress in the People's House, as the first female president in its two hundred and fifty year history began to take the oath of office, the United States of America stood on the brink of a long dark fall. The struggle ahead would shred and tear the fabric of the nation like nothing before. The sun had set on the American empire. It was now past twilight and the darkness was coming on fast. And then it kind of cuts in with, it was finally her time. Now it's talking about her time to take the oath, but it's also like, okay, this is it. And this is her time entering into the twilight of the American empire. Yeah. So we get a real good idea of where we're going. It's going to be it's, fun. Cheerful. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Winter is coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Game of Thrones. Good call. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's it's a little scary. What'd you think, Laura? Uh, You're back. Yeah. I feel like you should have to contribute once or twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I was hoping to just sit here the whole time and do absolutely nothing. What? What, what was what your favorite? You what was your favorite uh, part of this episode, Laura? Your favorite, uh, like, scene? If you know what I mean, it has like four scenes in it. If you think of like a play. Well, I listened to the episode five and six back to back, so it's hard to separate them. What oh, was like okay. the first? I like. What'd the... you think of episode five? We never got your take on that. We'll we'll take get a little recap. I like that was that with one. Jake Gunn and Eli, right? I like that one because, wait. When when did they go to the UP? Well, that was in this one. 
That oh, was well, that was my favorite part. Five was, was when um, Jake was out hiking and Eli met him on the hiking trail and they stood on yeah, the hill. Yeah, I don't know who he country. is or what the deal is with that. I don't really. You're not sure yet. She's so invested in this. <laughs> Laura, well, we got... we're going we're gonna to do like a character map to have in front of you. <laughs> I need one of those. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um. Yeah, I like the UP. I, I was sad that she missed the bridge. I would have been sad about that. I know what I liked about that part was that he knew her well enough to know that she's going to be sad missing the bridge, but mm-hmm. she needed rest anyway. So that was kind of cool. I think all my girls would be that way. Uh-huh. They'd be Definitely. real, real mad if I didn't wake them up to see the lights of the bridge. Yeah. There was yeah. a good description of it. And then I liked also the description of the UP and the Upers and their independent mentality. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's order. something that people, uh, outside of Michigan, I mean, even people that I would know from like Indiana, Ohio, places like that, they, a lot of them, well, hell, a lot of people in Michigan have never been either to the Mackinac Bridge or the UP. It's far. Yeah. It's really, really far. And I but don't it, know if people outside of Michigan realize that. So it's, it's well, four my mind. north of us. It's so but, beautiful, though. It's oh so, oh. I love it. I was shopping for homes on Zillow. <laughs> if people <laughs> you know you guys are out of state you should look up the Mackinac bridge and get some, some pictures of it at night it, it's real obviously it kind of bears some resemblance to the golden gate bridge because they're both suspension bridges mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it's gorgeous and, and i'm partial to the western and i know the east is good too to climb down falls and all that stuff but we took a family vacation a few years ago to the western end of the up and when we went on this hike around some waterfalls and stuff, um, I couldn't believe, like, at one point I was like, are we, we still in Michigan? You don't think of it having, like, these hard Where rock were faces. Were you in the Porcupine Mountains? We were. Porcupine Mountains. Um, what's that state park over there? Porcupine Mountain State Park? Lake of the Clouds? or We did go to Lake of the Clouds, and then we... There's Porcupine uh, Mountain State Park or something? I can't remember what it's it a is. big one and it's a, something about yeah. porcupine mountains. We drove over to the Southwest side of the park and hit some waterfalls and hiked out there. And I couldn't believe we were in Michigan. I mean, it was beautiful and seemed like halfway mountainous, even though not quite as big, but. Harry, did, have you ever spent much time in the UP? No, I've actually only been to Mackinac Island. I've only done the touristy. Okay. Mackinac so you've Island. seen you've seen the bridge of Mackinac Island and I have ridden haven't really gone very bike, far from there. You you can ride a bicycle all the way around the island. It's one of the touristy things you can do. It's beautiful, but we tried no. that once and I think that we almost lost Lauren halfway through. I think she quit riding her bike. Oh no. <laughs> it's a lot of work, wasn't it, Lauren? I don't remember that. <laughs> she was young at the time, but, but it's Lauren, beautiful. I Lauren do had remember a tendency the bridge. to just quit things right in the middle. She didn't want to do them just <laughs> She's just we may be down. we may be approaching <laughs> that in this podcast, huh, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> we love you, though. You know what's funny? I'm gonna this just so people get to know all of us a little bit. But Lauren, I don't know. I don't remember how old she was, but for the longest time, when she was a little kid, you know, this little girl, she would not. She refused to wear pants. She would only wear dresses. I mean, till she was Aww. I don't know six or seven. And we're talking about refuse, like mm-hmm. just. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Those days are long gone, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I still like dresses, <laughs> but I thought pants were for boys and I refused to wear them. Hmm. Interesting. 
you never know boy we've really uh we've gone off, we've, off the path yeah, we, we've yeah gone that was <laughs> but i kind of <laughs> like it our little <laughs> conversations <laughs> we at least are entertaining ourselves so. yeah. well there there you go it's all that really matters right right so were you surprised that uh the old puffy seemed a little uh i don't know he was a little hesitant about deposing the corpse yeah why why was that well i think he was just he, maybe he didn't realize quite how bad he was that they could still puppet him for a while but it was getting so bad that I mean, obviously, the other guy knew that there was well, no way had, that was going to happen. They had control. I, I think what Carson Ford knew is that with everything going on, we got to have we got to have something at least like someone who's like alive, showing strength <laughs> to mm -hmm. like with red blood running through their veins to convince them that America that they have some kind of a leader. Someone that didn't like to sniff young girls' hair with his black eyes. You like that? Yeah. Gross. Gross. I mean, this is fiction, but that was fairly realistic there. Yeah. Even right. real people. I was secretly hoping for somebody, the children rubbing the hair up on his leg and then letting it go back down and get it. Oh, my God. No. What a freaking no. weirdo. Oh, God. That's, that's our president. Our, that's God bless America. That's our president, folks. Yep. Duly elected. Duly elected. He won. He won by like forty-five million more votes than Donald Trump. It was amazing. Most popular like president. The entire ever. country of France decided to vote in our election, and they all voted for Joe Biden. And they came in in black suitcases. It was don't, weird. Don't question it, or you're racist. No, it was fine. Everything was great. Everything was, <laughs> oh was according God. according to Hoyle. Oh. Mm -hmm. Hey. So, do you think Puffy? puffy guy wayne davis do you think that he just didn't want to do it right at that time because it would be admitting so openly like this guy isn't up to the task because yeah, I, it sounded I think, like it was the timing issue i think he didn't see the difference he's like he's he's been a, an inanimate corpse the entire time since the campaign started i mean right. we've got somebody holding them with a stick in the back but so. there haven't been any serious issues until now <laughs> well i mean if you consider you know 10 million I, illegal aliens flooding across yeah. our border and i kind of thought well this is fiction yeah, just remind everybody that i yeah. kind of thought that uh old puffy was thinking with everything going on with the the killings and the kidnappings and stuff or the disappearances that there was art i figured he thought that um getting the corpse out of there was going to cause more of a stir than it really did but so old Puffy thought it would be more destabilizing, whereas the society and Carson had decided that it would be stabilizing. Right. And little did he know that nobody really cared about the corpse anyway, because they knew it was only a matter of time that yeah. was set in there. So how do you yeah. think people would respond? Let's just do our shift from Todd's world to real world. If if suddenly Biden uh, was, you know, resigned or whatever for health reasons, would anybody in the in the world be surprised? Oh, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'm surprised he made made it and got elected from his basement. So, True. I mean, well, he didn't, but right. Lauren, yeah. you said no. You wouldn't be surprised. No. Who would be surprised by that? That's. Yeah. I mean, when you see him get make speeches in Canada and they have to help him with a speech. I mean, he gets so confused. It's uh, it's an embarrassment. You know who I feel is the worst in all this? Dr. Jill. 
I know. I she's agree. Le- she's letting her husband be embarrassed. Dr. Joe Frankenstein. Yeah, doctor. She's keeping him. She's got him all pieced together. I, I mean, oh how could she do that to someone that she allegedly loves? You know, do you know that Dr. Jill Frankenstein was Biden's uh, nanny, his young babysitter? Like there's pictures of her, like real young sitting Are on you Biden's sure? lap. No, I'm 100%. I've heard, I've 100%. Well, how heard much that. younger is she than him? I don't know. She's probably 20 years younger. Oh. Well, how old's the corpse? Uh, he's 80, isn't he? I gotta look I, it up. Probably 130. I'll I'll look up how old she is. He looks like he's 487. <laughs> like they just hauled he's him 80. out. They unwrapped she, him. She's 71, so nine years difference. That's not that oh, okay. bad. That's not that bad. Will's okay with that. Especially Will's at that had age. Lots of relationships. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I'll go up to 13. That's my max. <laughs> not years old. The difference. Yeah, really. I'm, make that clarification. I'm Especially in this in this episode. Oh, yeah. Mm. so yeah it uh, what really surprised me was that biden gave up without a fight they must have somehow blackmailed him because that's one thing i never see happening everybody probably would not mind getting rid of him even though they get everything they want from the doddering old fool but he's too proud and stubborn to let it go he would want oh, to i don't he's think a, he has any choice i i don't if they wanted him out now i don't think he i it's not I don't think he he made any choice to get in it per se. I don't, you know, that he would know that there's so much dirt out there on him. They could, I mean, not that they're gonna do anything. He knows the media is never gonna bring up the dirt anyway. Who cares? But, well, if are we talking deep, about the real world now? If yes. the deep state turned on him, uh, it would be. It th- we we would assume that the the deep state's controlling the the majority of the media and the justice system, so that if they turned on the corpse, it, it, you know. His entire family goes down. I, they don't care about Bi- the Bidens. They're useful I, idiots to them. I think that he would not put up a fight at all. But I think that uh, the powers that be would hide him, would keep him away from any interviewing, any spontaneous blurting out of realities. Because he, you know, he would totally step in it if he talked about why he left or who told him to leave. I mean, he would reveal They'd everything just stop, by accident. They, they would stop revitalizing him every morning. <laughs> Once they stop <laughs> juicing, juicing him up and giving him his treatments, I mean, he's probably not going to be long for this world. No. I would oh. think. That's sad. He's, all, he's already he's dead. Sad. And he's not a vampire, per se. He can't just go on interminably. He's like propped up by the jukebox. <laughs> and that's what it seems like. Joe Diffie. Propped yeah. up by the jukebox? Rip Joe, Joe. Diffie. <laughs> One of the first casualties of COVID. What he was, wasn't he? Yeah, I forgot yep. about that. Yep. So, uh, right. nobody was surprised at all about any of that. There was no, mm-hmm. were you a little, what you, you, I think, had mentioned well that you felt like this episode it, it was, it had some darker undertones. Yeah, most of them do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. True. The stuff that bothered me was their depravity stuff, like with the the old puffy like having a thing for little brown boys and then the stuff that happened at the parties that kind of stuff oh it really bothers me but with the epstein stuff i guess it's entirely possible that it is as widespread as some people think well Um, at least is in todd's world yeah oh yeah i forgot i slipped into reality there for a second 
<laughs> Sometimes it's hard to keep track of whether we're in Todd's world or the real world. Lauren, you you have a uh, a fairly wide um, association with a lot of the conservative people out there uh, in the different groups and things. Do you think that uh, the vast majority of them they they believe that this this child perversion stuff is widespread, don't they? In the real world, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think just in Q or and just your average people? No, your average people. And there's evidence of it. Yeah, Lauren knows. She's seen it. Mm. She's like Brad. It's dark. <laughs> it is dark. Mm. Um, Carrie, and I you... saw... Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead, Will. The uh, the guy talking to old Puffy, I can never remember his name. Carson Ford. Carson. He was like, basically, he's going to be a large figure because he's when it said he's powerful, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be making some decisions here and there. I mean, he basically told old Puffy what to do, even though he didn't want to. I mean, to have yeah, that there was never power, any question that old Puffy was going to do what he wanted. Right. Cause this guy gets what he wants and he's powerful. So I think we'll probably deal with him in the story quite a bit. I would think. Yeah. We're going to start to get introduced to more and more characters that are in the deep state and and so we'll see that activity and i think i ought to be honest with you don't you think that a big reason that a lot of the the child perversion and everything goes on is so they have something to have a firm grip of everyone involved mm. you know oh, what i mean it's it's i a, never it's, thought of that I, i'm not saying that it's Could not be. perversion anyway but it also provides control ish yeah like they got something over them yeah Wow, I never sense. thought of that. That's so gross. I always assumed it was just because they're used to having everything they want, and there comes a point when you're never satisfied and it always goes off into some kind of sickness to get. Oh, everything I think you that's want. true too. But I have a feeling that some of the people at the highest levels use it for no other purpose than control. In fact, they may not even be that into it, but they want everybody else into it because it just it's hmm. an ironclad thing to have. You know, you, you kind of bond these people by a certain amount of depravity. That's right. an interesting theory. Huh. I think, I too, this particular uh, practice is definitely um, based in a desire for power. And these oh. people in powerful positions, I feel like it's another another place for them to feel powerful, which is, you know. Yeah, they get off the on traits, the, they but... get off on the power more than the sex, per se, probably. It all becomes yes. interwoven. I on the, so. on I the so. fact that it's forbidden mm -hmm. they're not supposed to do it right Ugh. i know Ugh. moving on that's gross <laughs> yes can we can we move on can we move i carry i remember you telling me when yeah. you read this episode that you really liked the brad weathers part okay i i do i'm so glad you were, you remembered like that we talked about this stuff so i'm uh okay so brad is the satellite guy is he with is he with like NSA or something like that? Or I can't remember. But that yes, he was thing. with the NSA. Sorry. Okay. So Brad, um, yeah, I love that part because you know, I'm a I'm a patriot and I'm a voter, but I'm also I'm a girl and <laughs> I'm just so excited <laughs> that that Brad can't get Beth out of his mind. I love that. So I've, I'm excited that the story is 
Okay. Why do As- you think that is? Because I think we may have thought different reasons. Why do you think oh. he couldn't get her out of her mind? Out of oh, his mind? I think that I think that she's kind of gotten in there. You, I don't know. Maybe like it's, a, he wants to protect oh, her. Yes. Like I an think, infatuation yeah, type thing. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like he's got some feelings for her that he well, just, yeah. see, he like, I thought it was a weird, weird perversion type thing he was going through. Cause that fit in with the rest of the weird perversion in this thing. No, no because no, he was the one good. who didn't like, he was kind of against all that stuff. And like, he was, there was something about, he wanted to get to her before they did. Yeah. And I could see him being a useful, useful to the insurrectionist or whatever, what project Alamo. Alamo. Group Alamo. Yeah. Group Alamo. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, I could see him, them being able to use him. Like if he got too conflicted, he still has a bit of morality in him, even though he's seems like he sold the soul of the devil to me already, but. It's weird how that how that kind of half-ass like goodness morality plays out because if you were to just describe like at the parties that he'll take all an 18 or a 19 year old, you know what I mean? Like it's still kind of creepy, but but it's just to keep in, up, it's just to keep their suspicions circle, at bay, he said. He's yeah. doing the so best he, he can and he wants to get the these circle. girls home and you know. Mm-hmm. And I in my mind, to make him seem like not such a creep, I just assumed they were just hanging out and talking. Oh. And then he would put him in a cab because Aww, otherwise, well. yeah, <laughs> otherwise it's too yuck. He's irredeemable if he's doing things like that to me. Well, I'm so proud of you that you chose to think that. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's something I would do in this situation. So the fact that he was doing that made me think that he had some weird obsession with her. And although he may be useful to them in the future, he's still going to not quite be wired right because I feel like he's too far gone and it was weird to me to think that some person doing this still had a moral compass of some sort i, I don't know maybe it's not morality maybe it's an infatuation well don't, what'd you think of the uh because we got a little bit of a description of what it's like to kind of get into the to the deep state so you you know what i mean let me mm-hmm. find it he uh blah, blah, blah. I, I like that they were on a first name basis while you're looking for it I like that line that he, he took a sip and thought we're on a first name basis now because he doesn't want to think about it. He'd like to just let her just be gone and dealt with, but he can't. And while yeah. he's looking, well, the reason I thought the same, the thought this is because he's watching this movie at home and there's an attractive actress and all he can think about is Beth. Oh yeah. Well, I guess I never, never even really seen. I mean, he's seen a couple I know. little photos, cool. but nothing. Yeah, like he doesn't Terry's even know her personality. That. Yeah, I, that's totally a female take, I think. It's also <laughs> a distinction between the, you know, he's kind of objectifying still the chick, which obviously he's a guy, so guys objectify, but he's objectifying this actress in this movie. But when it comes to Beth Graves, there's nothing to really objectify. So whatever he's infatuated, you know what I mean? He just doesn't mm-hmm. have whatever he's into. It's different than what he's used to or how he would True. be used to thinking. You know what I mean? But I did mm-hmm. find what I was looking for. Uh, it said there was no way out. He knew from the beginning, the inside track he was on had no off ramp. At first he thought he was worth it. He was enamored with the wealth and power and influence of the elites running the show in DC. They worked largely out of view of the cameras and reporters. Um, politicians from both sides. of the aisle sucked up all the press, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, he says it was all very intoxicating in the beginning. Eventually, the flaws of the shadow government became as difficult to ignore as the flaws of the show government 
and you realized you were trapped either way. Yeah, he's too far in. I mean, he's screwed either way. But I was just surprised that somebody that deep into it could still be seem to have an element of redeemability. I know we shouldn't think that way, but he did. Well, you know what? I wonder if there are lots in the real world. I wonder if there are lots of people who are kind of wrapped up, surrounded by the wrong people, but they don't really think that way. But they, I don't want to say they don't have any choice, but they're a little bit stuck right now. And isn't it a version of the, the FBI company guys? I was just talking to somebody this week mm -hmm. who was, uh, Steven, who was telling me about a friend of his, who's an FBI agent, just company guy, you know, and it's the company guys who go out and they'll arrest the January Sixers and they do what they got to do because they got to keep their pension and that's what they're in it for. All, all this is, is a further extension of that because that's where it all starts. Self-preservation. Yeah. Where, you know, what's important is your pension. What's important isn't this person's life who you're arresting on false grounds. Yeah, I think it could be some of the self-preservation, but I often think maybe some people don't realize how far it's really gone and how far they're really into it. And all of a sudden, one day they're going to realize, holy cow, look at where we're at. Well, that may be. And maybe they're trying to ignore it. I mean, I think that humans have a, a pretty good capability of that. I'm we can tell ourselves a story. Mm -hmm. I mean, I may call mine Todd's world and put it out there for the world to see, but everybody has their story that they tell themselves and their world that they live in. Yeah, absolutely. True. You go back to the opening scene with the Puff, uh, Mr. Puffy and Carson Mr. Ford. Mr. Puffy. Yeah. What, what do we call him? <laughs> Wayne Davis. Mr. Old being Puffy. A respectful. Old Puffy. Sorry. Mr. <laughs> Puffy. Respectful. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but the two of them talking um, when they talked about the um, the people believing the lies. Um, oh, yeah. I like that part. Me too. Um, oh yeah, here it is. That they pretended pretended that everything could be solved if only we had more diversity and equity and technology. And the people believed the lies because it was easier than admitting the truth. And I think, unfortunately, that's the case. I think that this, I'm sorry, this is just my two cents, but I believe that the people in our government now believe that people are stupid. They believe the American people are stupid, and that's why they believe the lies. I don't believe that we're that stupid, but I believe it's easier than, for some, than facing the truth. So they go along with it sometimes. Oh, I believe a significant amount are that stupid. Really? And they are, oh, they are Lord. sheep. They're the, sheep. This is darker than... Willing, willing willfully <laughs> ignorant. Because, it, right. I mean, to believe some of this stuff, you could give an analogy to a couple of different things, but if you're in a bad relationship, uh, a lot of the times it's, it's so much easier to stay for so many varied reasons. It's just easier. You, you want to yep. believe the lies right. or mm -hmm. you want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's also, not different than a lot of things. Yeah. But also if they never attempt to research anything and they just take what the liberal media, media throws them, yeah, maybe a lot of them really don't even know. If you don't research it, you're going to believe everything they feed you on CBS, NBC, mm -hmm. MSNBC, whatever. So maybe a lack of motivation to know the truth is the biggest problem. Anybody that researches it can't really believe that crap, can they? Even though they do. It sounds like the road to hell to me. Oh, it's there, wide. C.S. Lewis, what was it in? Screw tape letters, where 
where he's writing from the perspective of of like a an older demon to a younger demon on how mm-hmm. to deal with Christ, with uh with people you know and he says he makes a statement that the 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 easiest or the safest road to hell is the smoothest mm. like people like the the demons the younger demons would always want to think about big sins and murder and this that and the other and he says murder is no better than cards if cards will do the trick like and nothing is ex- is the most powerful thing of all that like the path to hell is paved by just kind of your whole life is just frittered away on nothing and you don't have anything to look back on there's no great sins there's no great anything it's just wandering in and and i think that plays itself out in politics and everything else mm-hmm. people don't want to know I, I love that example there's there's something else this episode kept making me think of and, and i i found it last night can i share a quote from a movie yeah okay if I, okay so are you guys familiar with the movie the american president yeah michael, is that michael, michael douglas, douglas. Mm-hmm. it's a great movie great movie yeah he was like a clinton character right um perhaps like a Maybe. younger president and or a clinton yes. slash kennedy type yeah a okay. little bit um and he was fine but one of his uh one of his consultants one of his advisors said that people want leadership and in the absence of leadership they'll listen to anyone and he said, they're so thirsty for it. They'll crawl through the desert toward a mirage. And when they discover there's no water, they'll drink the sand. That's a, and, good, that's a good line. And, and the president replies to him. He said, um, people don't drink the sand because they're thirsty. They drink the sand because they don't know the difference. Hmm. Oh, and that's what. That's and an that's, interesting way to think about it. And that's what this reminds me of this, this concept of the people the people not not seeing the truth they they don't know they don't even know how bad it is you know know what what that was really well said and well done and that is why several people have told me some of them more than once that carrie you are the best person on this podcast and that seems crazy (laughs) no i'm dead serious i've had three people say oh carrie's really good on there and i thought well i'm pretty darn good too but no, I'm just kidding. You're all good. I, I uh, no, they it. really, people really like to hear your perspective. And there's probably things like that. Cause that was very cool. Profound. Good job, Carrie. Thank I you. I quoted C.S. Lewis. You quoted a movie. Oh, no. Anyway. I, <laughs> no, I, don't, I love, I'm I, don't, I love C.S. She had it written down though. She quoted it. You just kind of. <laughs> She's so organized and ready. She makes me feel like a slacker. I'm sorry. I just did. I did a teeny bit of homework because this, this, this episode is, it is dark and we could all just sit here, get depressed, but I want to go into, you know, what we can learn from it, what we can see through it. And, you know, it is dark. And so you think that I'm sure that'll be true (laughs) in, in Todd's world that, that by and large, the majority of the people now, this is, this is Eli and group Alamo and and now Jake guns. Mm Mm-hmm challenge is to wake the people up yeah and mm-hmm. but i but i think i think carson ford I, he's probably right that yeah they, you know this will be fine it yeah. doesn't matter it people kinda, believe whatever we tell them to believe it kind of right. made me feel like hopeless sometimes i get caught in that hopelessness feeling like we're screwed it's never going to come back and it kind of seems like that to me sometimes mm. this week then, a little bit 
then you remember Jackie Parisi's shins hitting the railing, and it just yeah. all feels so good. <laughs> that. Oh, my and, God. and just also, that crack, you can hear it. And it's like, oh, there is like, a God. The ominous power of that deep state and the shadow government and all that. Like, Brad could not see how um, this bartender girl from Alabama could avoid the big watchful eye of the government for more than four or five days. I mean, obviously she doesn't know that he doesn't know that she's with uh, Gray, mm -hmm. but that's just how powerful they know they are. Mm -hmm. And they're going to handle this thing. I mean, even this Cortez chick in her mind, she's going to handle them and destroy them. Maybe. She, she certainly thinks so. That is one that there is a, there, there, and I know, I feel like this is probably true, but there, you get this view of young women, even 25, like they're just stupid. And, and I don't think that way, of course, cause I have daughters and I'm, I mean, Lauren's only 17 and I don't think many 17 year olds could do a podcast like this, even 10% of the time, like she does, <laughs> but I just <laughs> like most of them couldn't. And so I, I think, no, I think there's a lot of young women out there that are exceptionally smart and capable that put in the right situation with the right guy, like gray, they could easily accomplish this kind of thing they're smart you know what i mean i don't think that, i don't think that a lot of times from from old men like that that they get enough credit you know what i mean yeah and you know what struck me as far as like she's capable she thinks she is and everything and seems to be that she thought you know her brown skin her hispanic heritage and the fact she's a woman's going to play to her benefit i feel like people have to like females minorities they have to feel like sometimes with all the identity politics and the diversity, equity, and inclusion, that that's the only, they, they want to make it known that that's not the only reason they're there. It's like, they have something to prove. Like I'm not there just because I'm oh, yeah, you did a minority or yeah. something. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem with all this diversity, equity, inclusion is it makes them feel like, makes people feel like you wouldn't make it if you weren't getting this extra help. Like you couldn't make it on your own. I heard yeah. Candace Owens talking about that this week on a episode. And she was explaining that by right. doing this stuff, you're basically telling them you're not good enough to make it into college on your mm -hmm. own. We've got to help you. Yeah. And it's, it's so insulting. insulting. It's so insulting. I mean, yeah. anybody that applies Thomas themselves. affirmative action. I yeah. think you're anybody that the applies Supreme themselves should be able to do it on their own. But if you keep telling them you can't make it without our help, people, I don't think people see it that way, though. Mm -hmm. You know, well, one of the, one of the, uh, young girls that I would take a little bit of inspiration from is Jordan, your daughter. Oh, boy. Like when we, when, when Lauren and Jordan and I went to the Don junior rally back in, uh, 2020 mm -hmm. and it was on the other side of the state. Anyway, well, for some reason, Will couldn't go. And it was me, Lauren and Jordan, and we're driving, they live over by Flint. We're driving around Flint and Flint is like, might as well be Afghanistan. I mean. <laughs> Like here, so we're driving Not and Jordan's like, bad. and I stop at a stop sign and Jordan's like, you don't stop here. There's nobody coming. You keep going. You don't ever stop in this town. And she like has oh her gosh. crap together. And I'm like, man, this chick could survive in this town on her own way better than I could. Or like when she did, we were like walking and we came up on a corner and my dad and I just kept walking and she's like, you guys didn't even look around the corner. <laughs> And we we're like, why would we look around the corner? 
Oh, wow. Like she knows her business, man. Like she's like, you go through here, you mind your business. <laughs> like, I think that that might've been some of my unintended influence on her. Like I would always explain things to her to the point where when she was younger, if we were walking somewhere and she saw somebody sketchy, she would get on the other side of me and walk over there. Like, so I was between them. I, I guess good. I didn't know. I didn't know I was doing that to her, but I guess I think it's okay. she was only 16 or maybe 17 at the time, but like, she's one who I think. She could handle it if she got put in a bad situation, you know? I hope so. Sometimes I worry that she was a little naive and would, you know, she was taking people home after work that lived in not good neighborhoods. And I was like, oh. no, you're not doing that anymore. But well, she seemed to have a comfort with the area, of course, growing up in it that I wouldn't. Yeah. You know? And then she and would she, say, she well, knew how I to don't deal even with really it. stop when I let them out. I just slow down. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tuck and roll. I can see that. Yeah. Welcome exactly. to New Fallujah. <laughs> <laughs> but she wants to help people so badly and be That's friendly. That's so nice. It's uh well, it's great. A big heart and you know, all of her radar on is is good. Yeah. It's a good balance. But you're right, Todd. Back to what you started this whole thing with. Plenty of super talented women and everything. But when it get put it's get put gets pushed so much, it's just turns into an insult instead of a help. And it mm-hmm. I don't it doesn't help at all. Well, they don't need any help, is the whole point. I mean, they just don't. I, I don't. You know what I mean? They don't need extra help. Uh, there may have been a time where our society in the fifties was horribly, pater- you know, paternalistic or whatever. And I'm sure that I say horrible. I mean, it was paternalistic and there's been both gains and losses from moving away from that. Mm-hmm. But certainly the gains have been that, that you can have daughters, like I have three daughters and, and you know, that they have, they'll have whatever opportunities that they want and they make for themselves, you know? I've dealt with people at work who've gotten up to certain levels of supervision and that were minorities and they did a great job. But the first time you meet them or when you have a personal conversation with them, they immediately want to sell themselves and explain that they didn't get it because of their race. You know, yeah. if you're, they're it's selling that way, them. they agree probably that it's not helping anything. It's just making no. people more it's dependent. not fair. It's not fair to any of them to, to, to put the emphasis on race or sex or any of these things over and above the people themselves. It, it doesn't do anything but devalue them. And truth be told, it has nothing to do with helping those people at all. It's furthering no. a narrative that they want to further. They're not, they don't care one bit about helping minorities or women or anything. They just want access to brown babies. They just want votes. Little round boy. They just want votes. Todd, <laughs> this, we're gonna gloss right now. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have to get back to Todd's world pretty soon because we've been in the real world for a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that the UP was a good choice for Gray? If you want to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that he changed the plate on the car before going over the bridge. Very good thinking there. Um otherwise they they would have if once they find out she's with him. They just plug vehicles to him into a system and it shows where they've hit on cameras. So he changed that was a good plate? idea. Yeah, he swapped the plate out on his Jeep, I believe he was driving. Yeah. I missed because that. at Thank the toll booth there's cameras and yep. they would just punch it in and know that they went across there. And he didn't want to give them any chance to get any more of a head start than they were already gonna have. No, how what did you, you what? Go ahead. How did you settle on uh just outside Barriga? Just because it's remote, you've been there? Oh yeah, I've been there and it's, yeah, it would be a little more, anything up there is kind of remote once you get away from your few little population centers. Yeah. And this, 
when we get to the UP, this is where I start to really like a lot of the things you did, like small little things, like, you know, how far they had to drive, first of all, and then the description of various areas and the cabin, the way it was described, like I've stayed in a place like that. And they're all over out there. They, there's not yeah. a ton, there's not like hotels. There might be a few little no-tell motel, right. you know, things. But I yeah. loved that too, because it reminded me so much of the of the cottage up at Torch. Yeah, Birch Lake. Yeah, they're even in the northern lower the, too, like the little walls, the everything. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could just see it. <laughs> the knotty pine and the size yep. of the room. Yep. And my one of my favorite parts was it had the word cozy in the title. That just <laughs> means also... really, really small and rustic. <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be like a resort, and it's like tiny little, just a step above a tent. Yeah, like oh, uh, great. Ted's Lakeside Resort, and it's like these one-bedroom little teeny cabins that are just, oh, I think yeah. they're awesome. But I think it's cool. It's kind of retro because I think that there was a time in the 50s and 60s where there was a lot of that all across the country. Mm-hmm. And now you kind of have select areas where it's kind of held on. Yeah, we really saw um, the toll that the stress and everything took on Beth for how long she slept because she oh. was up for a long time and she was spent. The fact that he had unloaded the car and put her stuff in the cabin before she even stirred, she was, and then how, when she got inside, she said she could sleep for another, whatever. She was really wiped out, which I think was very, seemed very real to me. And I'm going to say too, from a woman's perspective to sleep through all that, she feels 100% safe with him. Oh yeah. To sleep during that. Good thinking. Yeah. Well, he's already arming up at the end. He's got his thank God not far away, right? <laughs> and the shotgun. Yeah. Just oh, that's in right. Case. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. and I honestly, I know we shouldn't because he's a he's a bad man, obviously special forces guy. He knows what he's doing, he can handle his own. But when he was uh hitting the frontier whiskey, orange label, I assume. Yeah. Um, rye. of course. No, not rye's way too floral. Yeah. So <laughs> He was hitting that, and the fact that he fell asleep with it half gone, still sitting in the chair, I thought, man, the amount of pressure on him is immense right now because he's trying to – all he wants to do is keep her alive, and he loves her. It, I know you shouldn't feel bad for a tough guy like that, but I felt, man, he's really got a lot of weight on him right now. Well, the one thing that's different than the Special Forces thing, unless obviously they're they're cut off somewhere in country or something, but he has no – I mean, he's running a hundred percent blind. He has no no way of really knowing or reaching out to anybody to get any kind of feel for what kind of heat they've got. Right. And what really put it in perspective for me, I went through a thought process of that's not his daughter, but you know what? They might as well be. So I was mm-hmm. thinking, like, if I had my kid and somebody wanted to kill her, government or anybody else the amount of pressure I would feel to take care of her and protect her would be, oh my goodness, just incredible. It, I don't know. It's scary if you actually think about it. But it was. Oh, it done. is. I appreciate that that perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, he just has to prepare for anything. Be prepared for anything, whatever's coming. It looks like he will be. Yeah. At least fire firearms wise, and a cash bag too. Yeah, cash. That, that kind of cash would go a long way in the UP. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he knew enough to call ahead, time. he called at ahead the and had him leave the key there and everything. So the they haven't even place. seen them. If some bullet comes out and the guy sees it, that owns the place, he's not going to have seen them. So no, that's good. 
And he no. also knew enough to say, we'll be okay here for a few days. He knows you're probably not going to stay anywhere too long. So mm-hmm. you got to keep moving. Yeah. Where is Beriga? Beriga is by Lance. You know where Lance is? Oh, yeah. Lance with the, they had the restaurant Lance. with the massive, huge cinnamon roll. It's the size of your plate. Right really before good. you guys turn north up into the peninsula. <laughs> yeah, as you're heading okay, up to the Keweenaw. I found it. Yeah. Baraga. It's just a little a little place, but there's a uh, state park there. On the bay. And then yep. there's a lot of nothing. Yeah. Once you get outside. Yeah, it's helpful if you're them, for sure. Yeah, that description of how many law enforcement officers were and how you could disappear up there. And I actually liked you threw out there that you could hunt or fish with impunity, even though he always renews his license the way he's supposed to. I mean, I like that little jab there. That, I like that too. <laughs> that he'll do whatever it takes at this point because all everything's open and on the table, but he would have never done it otherwise. He just followed the rules. Yeah. Law and order every time. That's us. That's us. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. There's nothing of, wrong with that. Pair of fellow sophisticates. <laughs> what do you think of Maria Cortez? Er, er, early impressions. I feel like she's confident. It sounded I, I got from the story that she feels like, like you were saying, women, you know, she's a, a woman of color who's been put in this position. She feels like she has something to prove, but she seems confident about it. Like she's going to, she believes she's going to handle this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any question that she thought she's up to the task. Mm-hmm. Um, I, And I initially I was thinking she absolutely thinks she's on the side that's right. Mm. But then at the end, when it said she had to remind herself they were in what, dark times or whatever it terrible was terrible times that made me think mm, maybe she knows it's not quite right but she can justify it anyway so is she on the inside know. or the outside of the swamp yeah well she's in it now even if she well, wasn't she's in before. the swamp i don't know right. how i don't think she's okay. very i don't think she's very uh deep in the in the deep state part of it i think she's I think they've kept her in a bubble a little bit yeah, I, well, she just hasn't been around that long for one reason. Yeah, she's still and living out her ideals. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're, we're going to find she still has more ideals and that uh, a lot of that will be, you know, w- w- part of the process of the story will be her coming to terms with, with the deep state. And yet when it w- when it says if if in the end she did terrible things, well, you get the idea that she's going to embrace at least some of that. Yeah. Right. I mean, in the, two years, she's surely seen something. I mean, sure. not necessarily the the nasty stuff we we're talking about, the parties, but she knows that tough decisions have to be made sometimes. Yep. I think there's going to be a process that we're going to see unfold of them breaking her down and them putting her under the thumb of the deep state and controlling her, even though there's times she won't want to be controlled, but they'll control her nonetheless. Absolutely. Same way they did Joe, but she's more competent. Yeah. And the question is, how much stuff is actually making its way? When you have a a, a bureaucracy in a swamp, the the size that America does, mm-hmm. how much? I mean, take a false flag attack, for instance. Say mm-hmm. that, uh, say the FBI just decided to uh, incite a school shooting uh, and try whoa, to blame it. Try whoa. to blame it on the Patriots. Are well, we in Todd's world? 
I'm just saying that kind of thing would never make it in Todd's in probably doesn't make it to her. I don't think those orders necessarily are coming from her. Oh, you're saying if that something that great, a lot of that stuff that's going on, I think it never gets to that level. It's It's being more decided by old puffy and people like that. And not the actual faces out front. Yeah. And and so some of the real dark stuff, my guess is, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's any different than the mafia or anything else. You know what I mean? I think, I think guys down at lower middle levels are making a lot of those decisions. Yeah. What's interesting is you would think the president of the United States would be at the ultimate peak, but really what you're describing is they're not, they're just a cog in the wheel too. And they're run by the big machine. Well, look what happened to Trump. I mean, he was, he, and now obviously it was different for Trump because they were the, the, the deep state, the entire bureaucracy was actively opposed to him, mm-hmm. but still you got to figure that that's, I mean, pretty par for the course that they don't, the fact that they looked at him like somebody they could treat like they did, they can't have had much respect for Obama or anybody else. Mm -mm. So you don't think Bush knew about 9-11? Oh, we're not in Todd's world anymore. Mm. I, 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 I'm suspicious about the 9-11 thing. There's, I mean, he was the president. I know. And I, and he probably, I, I don't know. Do you I think could, he believed everything he said about Saddam Hussein and Iraq? I could see. Stuff? Well, I don't know about that, but I could see Bush not knowing about 9-11 and Cheney knowing about it. I mean, I could that if, wouldn't be shocking the, to me. Yeah. If it was an inside job, you think that there's a world where Bush I don't know if it's inside, know? but there was something there was a lot of sketchy stuff about 9-11. I think we've been lied to by and large about it. The idea that a plane crashed into the World Trade Center and it exploded and did what it did. I, I mean, Trump said it at the time. He, he knew the way yeah. those buildings are built. And you couldn't bring down that building that way without massive explosions, you know, without explosives set all the way down the thing mm. to make it do what it did. You wouldn't, it just wouldn't, we, yeah. a jet wouldn't do that. It might is, screw mm. the, the first top part or whatever, but it's not just going to crumble down and implode. It doesn't make any sense. See, that's the, this is the Q stuff, isn't it? I can't get that far into it. I mean, it's oh, not, not really, saying it's. Though. I'm not saying it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm not saying, but, I don't know, you know why. I'm just saying whatever we've been told is a lie, at least in part. It didn't happen. There's no way. Trump said that the day, like a few days after 9-11 happened, he came on. He wasn't a politician. He wasn't anything, but he was on some radio show. And he said, I, the, the way these things are built, I mean, it, that wouldn't happen. It's it's uh, just not possible. I don't know. See, my my friend, I'm going to get a little shout out here. My friend Jimmy Jay's listening to this, and he gets into the Jewish stuff, you know, on yeah. the edge of that. I can't wait to talk to him and see what he thinks about this the tower thing because I can't. I it just it's. I'm sure Jimmy Jay knows it's too much for my mind to <laughs> absorb. I can't really believe that that's actually a thing. That's only because it's so threaded into the Americana the fact you, know, you know what i yeah. mean it's like it's like pearl harbor almost and how it's mm-hmm. how it's thought of and so yeah you don't want to the problem is if you start pulling out it's like jenga if you start pulling out some of those foundational pieces you're like my god this whole thing's gonna come down you right know what I mean? that's oh. a great analogy because that that's kind of like... what this story is doing sure <laughs> it's, it's starting to pull some things and I like the, <laughs> i i thought the other day when i listened to our our last podcast I thought, you know, we say things on there and I, and I'm not saying we a hundred percent believe them. We're all on the same page. And I think 10 years ago, we would have thought we were crazy. Yeah. Yep. Like that's how far it's come. 
I like the fact that Lauren just said that like it was a fact. I mean, she started saying, you don't think you knew about 9-11? Like, it's a done deal. And well, I was I mean, like, oh, goodness. <laughs> it's as much of a meme at this point as the Jeffrey Epstein killing himself. Like, Bush yeah, did 9-11, Jeffrey Epstein killed himself, that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Like, it's, yeah, no. they're equivalent in, I think, this generation. I see them on memes and stuff. I see them on TikTok. So you think they're both equally as absurd? Well, I yeah really <laughs> interesting because i buy into the epstein thing 100 i don't think he thing is a hundred percent i think they're very very similar the mm. the mindset that gen z has of wow it's a little preposterous the idea that these four saudis could learn on flight simulators and with box cutters take over planes and bring down the world train center like if you just were writing it you'd be like that's too preposterous i can't write that because it's stupid it's impossible. And yet we're all like, oh my God, he's got a megaphone. He's on rubble. It all must be true. I don't know. Uh, man. I can't go that I far. Don't know. It's too it's too big. Carrie and I are both scared of the idea, aren't we? Okay. <laughs> I'm scared of the idea. The towers, especially because I don't know about construction and I, you know, and you hear arguments on both sides, but the Pentagon stories are a little more suspicious to me because apparently there's like no plane debris yeah. in, in the Pentagon hit. So it's like that's interesting. It's a little easier to whoa, invest. Whoa. There was um, no, no plane debris? No. Ah, are you sure? I'm just saying. I, I'm saying like, uh, when you hear stories MH370, about that is that what it was, Laura? Ooh. I don't know. Go ahead, Laura. You had something um, to say there. Go ahead. I think that's one of the benefits of having sort of a a, a Gen Z um, that is now, yeah, perspective that's now old enough is I think a lot of us are not we don't have that level of fear because we didn't live through 9-11 we don't have any type of trauma that that would disrupt i never thought about look at it and say we can look at it more with um sort of more fact than we do with emotion because i when you started saying that stuff i thought that's one heck of a perspective for someone your age to have like just so matter of fact i thought a lot of younger people wouldn't think that conspiracy wise i guess but the way you explained it it makes sense i never would have thought of that i think they just assume they're being lied to like by and large well by and large we are most of the time so this we is have gonna a be our longest podcast ever we have a generation now who's been <laughs> raised uh just accepting the fact that they're they live in a world in a country of lies so I and, mean, and that, even even the people on the other side of the aisle, you see it with everyone. Everyone knows that they're being lied to. The other side of the aisle thinks that it's all the patriarchy lying to them and all that. But everybody knows that there's lies. It's just figuring out what the lies are and how we combat them. That's the issue. Well, a lot of you people your age probably assume their votes are never going to count, really. Accurately. Right. Oh, so I same difference. That. I think I a bigger problem so with Gen Z is that they is, and Lauren wouldn't be like this, but there may be a greater than a majority percent that not only believe they're all being lied to, but they don't believe there's such a thing as truth. Yeah. Well, I, they're a hundred percent. That's the case. That's why we see the erasure of gender and everything. Yeah. Nothing is, it's all just whatever narrative you're living in, in your head. Yeah. The truth is subjective. Is that kind of the belief of your, Oh, Oh, that makes me, gives me the goose. Like, well, the public schools have been pumping that for, I don't know, 40 years. Yeah, yeah it's 50, very similar. 60, I don't know. It's 
very similar to what um, happened in like the 60s, I guess, with like the drug crisis, because people were trying to it was trying to find reality and trying to figure out what was going on. And um, that was why you had sort of the Jesus movement at that time, too. But um, because some people did finally find it. I'm having having a drug crisis of my own. I was very distracted. I lost my train of thought by that. Oh my god! So we're we're back in the UP. They're hiding now. Gray's ready. He's locked and loaded. And then the last part, it goes back to Maria Cortez and her swearing in and all that stuff. Right. Am I the only one that, uh, when you mention her putting her hand on the Bible, I cringe because I'm like, like that means anything to them anyway. It's so symbolic. And yet ridiculous at the same time that they mm. still do that, but they don't believe one word of it. Yeah. You know what that is? You know what? Well, I want to say that you're right about something. I just realized. No, I mean, I'm used to that. Go ahead. You called me out on the fact that I had said she was jettisoned in favor of the first Latino woman vice president. It's Latina, right. not Latino. Yeah. That left off the recording. I, I didn't catch it in my, uh, in my editing so i apologize to our uh to the it's people out there who care about such our things. latina listeners but yeah. you know what really gender doesn't matter anyway so well, i know i didn't but it she wasn't. could identify as a latino we don't know i would have known that <laughs> if i'd have thought about it it's just written oh. in no spell check on it. it it never caught me can we go back to one thing that i absolutely probably my favorite thing in the episode Yes. When old Puffy Snort laughed and said, our our uh, judge doesn't even know the difference <laughs> or definition of a woman. I freaking loved that. I literally laughed out loud myself because I thought, oh, he knows. He Deep down, he knows how ridiculous it is. <laughs> Snort right? laughed. Oh, that was good. I wanted to mention that, and I totally forgot about it until now. That was did, funny. Did she like? Say, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Gary. No. I was just gonna say, did it say later that that did one of them respond? Did uh, Carson respond by saying that? Well, we we know. Like, do you exactly. think yeah. these people just they they know it's all bullshit? Like, yes. yes. All right. Yeah, you can you say can bullshit. Say that. Sorry. <laughs> podcast. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, and they basically admitted we know it's all a load of crap, but we're doing it to get it's a means to an end, so they can control everything. Basically, yeah, they're just. They're they're profiting off and using the insanity. Don't think that there's not a plan for everything. They're doing everything for a reason. Ugh. Did you? I like. Did, what about and, the Kamala stuff at the at the end? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, we already knew about that. We didn't In do it Todd's bit, world, her word salads and even the brown cream rises to the top. <laughs> did you like that line? <laughs> but she didn't. No. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to imagine. A less accomplished and successful politician in our era that that just is is like the shining example of nothing of like an absolutely vapid like sack of flesh. Yeah, I (laughs) don't know know a a ton about a lot of old time politicians and stuff, but when I think of two of the biggest bumbling fools in politics that accomplished nothing. I think of our president or vice president and look where they're at. I I mean, she can't put together a speech that doesn't say the same key phrase over and over and say absolutely nothing. And he can't read a teleprompter or he reads it too well. One of the two. I you mean, have these two people up there who can't even, I don't even think they're 
well, maybe Biden is not anymore. I don't think they're capable of evil because they're not capable of being people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just completely and totally, they might as well be ventriloquist like puppets. They are That's, they're puppets completely. There's empty, empty puppets. And um, here's a uh, question. It's remarkable. Do you think that Kamala is, um, do you think a part of her realizes that she's a complete fool or do you think she's too self-absorbed to even think like she thinks she's good. That's why she, is that she can't hold the staff together. Is that because she's trying to overcompensate by throwing a fit because she knows she's incompetent or do you think she really doesn't know? I, I don't I, know. How could I she can't not imagine, know? I can't imagine self-reflection being possible within that skull. So you think she just goes along with whatever because that's what she does. She probably thinks she got there by merit. I don't I, even know. When, I just when, can't when, believe it. All the a- talented actors we have in the United States, I can't believe that these are the two they put in those offices. And they put her in there to say she's the <laughs> Couldn't first. Couldn't they get someone who could fake yeah. it better? Well, I mean, that makes you that makes you hopeful almost to see that this was the best they could do. I mean, <laughs> I like Amen. That. Amen. I don't think it was the best. See, I think remember this brings us back to the beginning scene, and I think we learned so much about the deep state in that scene. He says that the uh, this is uh, Carson talking. And he, after he wiped the bottle with his sleeve, um, and he says, where is it? We convinced them that it didn't matter. And Joe Biden was the ultimate sell. Like all that mattered was that he wasn't Trump. That's 100%. It was the middle finger from the swamp to the people from now on, we're running ourselves. Yeah. The government knows what's best for you and no more even input or votes are required from you. Like, I think that's what it is. I think it is the ultimate middle finger to, I mean, we can put a mannequin up there if we want. That's how much control we have and how little regard we have for you. Right. Well, don't you remember uh, Obama was given a speech one time and he said, oh, they don't. They don't even realize what's best for them. We got to tell them sometimes. Do you remember that speech? Mm-hmm. Like they have to explain it to them because we're not smart enough to figure out what's best for us in our own way. He said some things out loud that should never be spoken. The quiet but, part out loud. Yeah. But, and Joe does that too on accident, but nobody questioned it when Obama did it because he was Obama. The one. First black president. The crease and, in his and pants. And so authoritative. You know, the the he spoke was confidently. And yeah, no one questioned it. No one was shocked by that, except anyone who was paying attention. He was eloquent. He was clean and articulate. I think that's how Joe Biden, that's how Joe Biden originally (laughs) described him. Yeah, he totally was. And it was Bill Clinton who said, you know, a few years ago, this guy would have been getting us coffee. Yeah. And I said that I've never heard a politician rise to the level of Joe Biden and make more racist comments. I mean, he's made more racist comments in his life that are recorded, but nobody cares. Nobody cares. Oh, it's it it was a uh, I'll be honest with you. One of the reasons I I was so happy to broom those two out is because they're not even like I wanted somebody, an interesting character to write about, not a ventriloquist puppet. 
You wanted a, wor- just, a worthy adversary? Yeah, I just wanted them out. You notice <laughs> in this story, they didn't even rate like a bad death. They're just, oh my God, just get rid of them. Yeah, uh, adult and a puppet. If I thought I could have had the story without them, I, I, I would have done that. But I felt like I at least needed a couple like to start with and then go. And I just, yeah. I just want, they're, they're such worthless pieces of shit. I just wanted them both out of the way. Wow. And you probably took some joy in writing about their characteristics of what they did and stuff. I, a little, a lot less joy time. than anything else. They're just, God, I, I wish, I wish I didn't want them anywhere. And I was glad they're out of here. Like Maria Cortez seems like maybe she could be a good character. Kamala so, Harris seems like a waste of oxygen. Do you think your favorite part of the story yet is the shins on the railing or what do you, cause you keep bringing that up. What is your, <laughs> like it. the favorite thing you've written into this so far? Oh, I don't know. The problem is I'm writing the second season too. And I've got, I've written things that aren't aired yet. So I don't, that, I told you that this last line in this episode was one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I really, Lauren probably heard me wandering around quoting it because oh, I was so impressed yeah, with myself. No, you made me come in and sit in that chair back there and listen to it. Yes. I was like, listen to this line. It's so I love good. that. I love Sometimes that. he gets a little overbearing, doesn't he, Lauren? Sometimes he's living in Todd's world, folks. Although to be fair, it's, it's not just he's I was very watching narcissistic. Uh, listen, I was watching <laughs> Mad Men last night. Have you ever watched Mad Men, Gary, or no? I love Mad Men. I love Mad Men too. Yeah. But I was watching it and I appreciate I so appreciate good writing. Like Don, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's got this stewardess who's all about him, and they're in this this like a hotel hallway. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's getting ready to to bang or whatever, because that's what Don Draper does to have that's what he does, yeah. But anyway, this, this stewardess is like, oh, you know, I'm engaged. You might be my last chance. And he said, I've been married a long time, honey. There's lots of chances. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, that's the best line. I wish I would have wrote that line. It was so good. Oh, gross. But you know what Although, I mean? Just the line, the writing is so good. Yeah. It's Let's so not, done too. It's so done. Yeah. Go Let's ahead, not overlook Will, the fact that, no, you're okay. That Lauren just pulled an Obama right there. She said the quiet thing out loud. Oh. <laughs> he's so narcissistic <laughs> it, was, it was i think it was very gutsy of me to have my own daughter on this podcast it's yeah. quite, i didn't yeah. think it was very quiet he's right you said proud it out loud. Of it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> most people would shy away from that but todd embraces it well no hey if, in you todd's know, world it's just because okay. i have a podcast called todd's world and a podcast called the todd allen show and that it's, i can't carry a conversation with him without him bringing up both oh stop that's not true at all that is 100 true that's because you're part of it lauren yeah no i bring i try to talk about anything that's not songs, true my favorite thing to talk is about is your so songs true. i love your songs yeah and then comparing them to how creative you are <laughs> it's so 100 does he tell you that you get his no. your creativity from him yeah, she doesn't get any of my musical ability or I from me. I have no musical ability. She gets none of that from me. His wild and vivid imagination. He tells you about all the time, right? Mm-hmm. The stuff that's done by me. I couldn't do. I I couldn't write songs like Lauren does. That's I'm very impressed with how good of a songwriter she is. It's it's too 17, late. Todd. It's too late. You're trying. I was listening hard. to Luke Combs the other day. He didn't even pick up a guitar till he was 21. Nice. Isn't that amazing? That yep. is. That's cool. Like you think you'd have to start younger to be that good. And he can't yeah. read music. 
Oh, shoot. Really? He writes all these songs, he can't read any music. Wait, I just here. think that's crazy to me. Hmm. Anyway, we got off topic. Anywho. All right, guys, any, any parting thoughts? Or are we ready to call it a day for people? I'm ready to call it a day. That's you were before we started, Lauren. Come we on. We covered a lot of territory today. We did. We got off on some crazy rabbit trails, but I really enjoyed some of them. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to see what Maria Cortez turns into. Yeah. Any shout outs we need to give for people giving feedback? Oh, I, I really I did enjoyed one for Jimmy J. Yeah, we enjoyed talking to Troy last. Was that last week? It was last week, but it I was believe. after the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and that was Will and I, and the, Troy was great to talk to. Um, what else do we have? There's been other people. Uh, one of Nikki's old friends. Now she calls him Tennessee Ray. I don't know him other than that. So, <laughs> but he called her and just loved it and was so excited about it. So, anyway, we're thankful to everybody who is who's subscribing. And I'm going to do my best to keep this story rollicking along. Yep. Tell your friends. Yeah, for sure. Cause that's the only way it's going to get out. So pick five more this week and tell them go. about Lauren's world. Tell somebody Tennessee Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.